0: Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. Matthew chapter 5, I want to show you what a Christian should be. And the title of this morning's lesson is a disciple of the Lord. A Christian should be a disciple of the Lord. Let's look at verse 1. It says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. We're going to focus on that verse here this morning. A disciple of the Lord. What's a disciple? What does disciple mean? The word disciple means a learner, a pupil, or a student. Now you will notice the word disciple is not found in this verse or in this passage. I want to point that out right away. You'll notice that. But we do find disciples here, do we not? People who wanted to learn, people who wanted to follow, people who were students of Jesus Christ. And they were people who followed the Lord so they could learn of him and receive the teachings that he had. And in this passage, or in this verse this morning, there are three discoveries that I want you to discover, or at least see, that I hope will be an encouragement to you. The first one is, we find a mountain. We find a mountain. The Bible says, there, He went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. So we find a mountain to begin with. Now, mountains. I'll give you some thoughts on mountains. You know, Israel does not have any of the world's highest mountains. I don't know if you know that or not. They don't have any of the world's highest mountains as far as top 10 or top 20. Uh, Mount Everest is not in Israel. Mount K2 is not in Israel. And the list goes on of the other mountains. Most of those mountains I can't pronounce. So I'll just stop at those two right there. None of the 14ers, those that climb mountains, uh, they'll have a club or a group, the 14ers, they try to climb the mountains that are all uh, 14,000 feet in elevation or higher, and they try to hit all those. None of those are found in Israel. Actually, the highest mountain in Israel is Mount Hermon, and that comes in at about 7,300, 336 feet, which is pretty much Mount ever should be about twice the size. So that just gives you an idea. It's not the highest mountains in the world. Now, the mountain in this passage... Uh, was in the vicinity of Capernaum. We know that because that's where the account takes place. But which mountain we're not told. Uh, and so the exact mountain is uncertain. We do know there were hills and mountains in that area. So we do know the Lord chose one and he went up. And he went up and he sat on that mountain. So the mountain in this passage, as far as the mountain here, uh, could probably be climbed by most individuals. Uh, it was a mountain that probably had steep areas, uh, but as far as climbing, most could probably put in the effort and make the climb. Uh, it didn't have what we'd call the, the large you know, rock cliffs and everything else. Now, some of them did, but the, a lot of the mountains in this area uh, could be climbed by most people. Now, it would take some effort and some energy to get up there, uh, but you could climb these. Uh, the Bible tells us here that a multitude followed Jesus. So it, it indicates that many went up there. So he, he didn't get to a place where people couldn't reach him. But he didn't get to a place where you had to make an effort to get there. All right, That's what we're talking about here this morning. This mountain here uh, is a place where they had to make an effort. So I have two thoughts here on the mountain. First, uh, there was a decision that these people had to make. And the decision was, are they going to go up and follow and learn from Christ, or, or are they not going to follow? Now, if you're going to climb a mountain, even if it's a smaller one, you have to decide you're going to climb the mountain, and, and then you have to go. You know, climbing mountains is not something that just happens, right? You don't just one day, hey, I climbed a mountain. What I do, uh, or trip up a mountain, or make it by accident. Those are usually things you plan and you go up the mountain and you put some effort into. So you must choose to make the climb. These people had to choose to make that climb to go up there where Jesus Christ was, and so they were given a choice. Notice that they were given a choice; they weren't compelled. They weren't told you had to come or else. They were given a choice whether they wanted to go up and learn from Christ or not. And given the choice, this multitude chose to climb the mountain. They chose to go up and sit and learn from Jesus Christ. You know, everyone here, everyone in this room has decisions you have to make. Everyone here has decisions you have to make. You're given choices in life. Uh, The first one is salvation. Salvation. Now, the way of salvation is made by God. He made the way. Uh, let's go over to John, the book of John, chapter 14. I'm going to show you something here in John, chapter 14. As far as salvation, John, chapter 14, the way of salvation is through Jesus Christ. That's the way of salvation, John, chapter 14. And in verse 1, he says here, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. He says here, believe also in me and my father's house Are many mansions? If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go you know, and the way you know, is what he says here. Now notice what Thomas says. This is a question here. He says, Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Verse 6, one of the greatest truths in the scriptures here. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way. There's not alternate ways. There's not find your own way or choose your own way. The way is Christ. You have to come through Christ if you're going to reach God the Father. Now, the decision you people have to make, though, is if that's the way you're going to go. Because God has given the way, it's up to people to go the way. In other words, to understand their sinner, understand their need of salvation. The Bible says repent and believe. Put your faith in Christ, believe on Him as your Savior, and trust in Christ today. I hope everyone here is saved. Uh, that's the most important thing this morning. Make sure you're saved, that you receive Christ as your Savior. Because once you receive Christ as your Savior, then you know what? Then you can be a disciple of the Lord. But not until then. Until then, uh, that needs to be settled. So I hope and pray everyone here is saved. And that's a choice. That's a relationship that you'll have with God through His Son. Here's another choice that you have. Once you're saved, though... You have to choose to learn of Christ and continue to grow and to follow. I I discovered that myself. You know, I I don't know about you, but you know, the Bible is wonderful. But God has not just given all the knowledge into my head. He just didn't impart it right here. Uh, he didn't give me very much at all to begin with, I'll tell you that. But he didn't give me the scriptures. I have to read these. I've got to study them. I've got to discover what the, the teachings are here. You see, it takes effort. And we've got to make decisions if we're going to walk with God. Uh, we're in the book of John. Let's just go over to John 15. And I'll just read you one passage here concerning uh, the teachings of Christ. Notice what he says in verse 1 of John 15. We'll just go over a couple of chapters he says, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring more fruit. Uh, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. Now, to abide means to, to dwell. It's where you remain. Uh, this morning, you probably have... A place you abide. It's your home where you live. We're going to go to this afternoon. Spiritually speaking, we need to abide in Christ. We need to be with him on a daily basis, seeking his will, not ours, uh, talking to him in prayer, learning from him, from his teachings. That's how you abide in Christ. And I want to encourage you to abide in Christ. And again, those are decisions you have to make, choices that you're going to do this. Uh, I want to give you one more scripture on this. uh, Joshua chapter... Let's go back to Joshua chapter 24. Now this is in the Old Testament, way back before our passage we're looking at this morning. But I want to show you the, the level of commitment we find here that is a challenge, I think, not only for us today, but probably for all generations. Joshua chapter 24. This is Joshua talking to the people of Israel, encouraging them to serve the Lord. All right? Encouraging them to serve the Lord. And notice what he says here in verse 15. He says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. Notice it Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Isn't that a wonderful statement? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You choose who you serve, but we're going to serve God. Isn't that a decision he made? See, that's a decision we must make too. Who we're going to serve, who we're going to follow, who we're going to learn from. And that's what they had to decide. The people, we go back to our passage in Matthew, they chose to go up that mountain and they chose to learn the Lord. So that's the decision they made. Here's another thought on the mountain. Uh, It took some determination to get up the mountain. All right. Being a disciple is not always easy. I'll just point that out. Being a disciple is not always easy. There are some challenges to being a disciple of the Lord. Uh, The number one challenge, I think, is time. Time. How many of you run out of time? You know, I seem like I always run out of time, especially on Sunday mornings I run out of time. It seems like I'm always running for time. Even if I think I'm gonna make it on time, I'm always finding something else that I forgot or I gotta get taken care of. Uh time is something that we're we seem to run short of. Now we're all given twenty four hours a day, uh and that's something we have, but time, we're limited with time. So we got to determine how we're going to use our time, how we're going to spend it. And I think as far as being a disciple of the Lord, sometimes that gets in the way because there are so many other things we can spend our time on. And some of those things aren't necessarily bad. It's just we can spend time here, here, there, there, and then we don't make time for God. So we got to make time. To climb this mountain, they had to take the time. They had to make, take time to go up there and listen to Christ. Uh, another challenge that we find as far as Determination is temptations. There are a lot of temptations out there. A lot of what I'd call distractions that can pull you away from your relationship with Christ. Now, obviously, there's sin. We want to avoid sin. The Bible talks about that. We want to avoid sin. But, you know, there's some distractions that are not sin that can still hinder your walk with God. That can still hinder your relationship with the Lord. There are some distractions there. Uh, I'll give you an example. Now, I've never had this distraction, but I know some that play golf. I say I never had this because I've never been good at it. You know, I, you know, I usually, uh, I, if I get one good shot, I'm happy. But, uh, you know, I know there are some that play golf. And, and unless you're on tour and you're getting paid, it's probably not a good idea to spend all day out there on the golf course When to the neglect of other responsibilities, to the neglect of a relationship with God. So that's just the point. There's nothing wrong with playing around a golf. It's just to make sure it's not taking up our time that should be spent with God. That's the key there. And that can apply to everything in life, loved ones. There's things that are distractions that can pull away our time from God, whether it's Time in prayer, time reading the Bible, time at church, time just serving the Lord in general. And we just must make sure that we are setting those aside to understand we are focusing on the Lord. And that's what a disciple of Christ will do. They'll they'll live for God. Later in in his ministry, he would challenge them to take up their cross and follow him. What is referring to there is dying to the world and and living unto him. At some point, we've got to say, you know, your will, Lord, not mine. I want to seek you. Uh, Another challenge we have is troubles, difficulties, hardships. Those can discourage us. And if we're not careful, those can discourage our walk with God, right? Because the discouragement may hinder us or keep us from reading the Bible or praying or seeking after the Lord when we should be seeking Him. Uh, And so troubles are something that can get in the way. Here's what I want to encourage you with this morning is just climb the mountain. Just keep going. Just keep going as you serve the Lord. There are going to be some easy days. When I say easy, there are going to be some days everything just falls into place. And hopefully that's what you have tomorrow and the rest of this week. Uh, days that, that it just seems like, hey, it's so easy to do this. And then there are going to be some days where it's difficult. You're going to be pressed for time. You're going to have other things that are there. It's it, it just going to be some difficult days. But I want to encourage you to just be faithful. Each and every day, just continue climbing a mountain. You know when you climb a mountain, you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep going. Uh, you know, as far as climbing mountains, I've taken our boys out through the years to, to Pinnacle Mountain out there. Uh, I'll say this. I remember I, each one of them I've carried up at least one time. They, they don't want to admit it or know that. But I'm at the point where they're probably going to have to carry me up soon. So uh, uh, my turn's coming. So coming. Uh, but they're older now, and they can get up there a lot quicker. They don't, I don't wait on them anymore. They wait on me. Uh, but here's some thoughts on climbing mountains. I, I have seen people stop and rest. There's nothing wrong with that. We need rest, right? We need rest. Even spiritual speaking, we need rest. So it's fine to take rest. But just make sure you get going again. Alright, just make sure that the rest doesn't turn into a lifetime vacation. Make sure that you are, you take your rest, but then you keep going. I've also seen people stumble and fall on the mountain, trip and fall. And I've seen them get up and keep going. You know, scrape it off, maybe sit down for a little bit, and they keep going. So if you've made a mistake in life, that's not the end. If you stumble and fall, you have a God who'll forgive you. First 1 John 1-9. We confess our sin, faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you should stumble and fall, get up and keep going and just Keep learning from God. You know, a Christian should be a disciple of the Lord, and a disciple will keep going. That's what it is. A disciple will keep going. Here's my second thought from this passage, and that is we find a meeting. A meeting. The Bible tells us in verse 1. Then when Jesus was led up with the Spirit, he says, or, man, I'm wrong, chapter, chapter 5. I was, went back a chapter. Chapter 5. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set... His disciples came unto him. Okay, why climb the mountain to begin with? Why climb the mountain? Uh, you climb mountains to reach a destination. Some climb them to get to the top. Uh, some climb them because, uh, they have to rescue someone who got in trouble trying to get to the top. And that's why they climb the mountain. In this case, they were climbing to meet the Savior, meet Christ. That's what they were climbing for. And if you'll notice, the Bible says that he was set. That word for set means to be seated. Set. Seated in the location. You know, that's how teachers would teach back then. They would sit down and they would teach those that would come to them. So we have an image here of Christ going up the mountain and getting set, being seated and waiting for the people that would come and learn from him. And that's what we have here. So this indicates that Jesus was waiting to teach them, waiting for all those that would come and want to learn from him. But they had to go learn from him. And the Bible tells us that the people went because... They wanted to meet with Jesus Christ. That's who they met with. That's what they were going for. I'll give you three reasons why I think they went. First, because of who he was and who he is today. And that's the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He'd already made an impact on the people uh, by his words and his miracles. He'd already made an impact. And I think some recognized that this is more than just a man. This is more than just a man. We need to go up here and learn from him. And so I think they went because of who he was and is. They also went because of what he taught. What he taught. Jesus taught divine truths. You know, at times, the Bible tells us people were astonished with his teachings. They marveled, the Bible says, at his words. You know, his uh, opposition attempted to catch him in his words on several occasions. They attempted to catch him in his words, only to be disappointed, and then turn around and leave and wonder because of his teachings. That's how amazing Christ is. Not only did he stifle their attempt, but then he just just amazed them with, with his answer and his words. You see, Jesus Christ is God, and so his words are true. Uh, The third reason why I think they went up was because of what he could do. What he could do. You see, Jesus Christ possessed power to heal and power to help. Later in Matthew, we find a great invitation. Come unto me, all you that are labor and a heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You see, he offers that rest, that, that help to those in need. And that's why I think people went up to see him, because he possessed power uh, to help and power to heal. You know, it's those same reasons this morning why I think you should meet with Jesus Christ. Why you should meet with Jesus Christ. Let me give it to you again. First, you meet with him because of who he is, so you can worship him. You can meet with Christ, worship Him, honor Him, because He's the Son of God. You meet with Him so you can learn from Him. You can learn His truths. And you can know divine truths so you can apply today to your life. Also, you meet with Him in time of need, when you need help. You know, He's wisdom. He'll give you wisdom. You have a question, seek Him. You have a decision to make, seek the Lord. You need help with a situation. You need comfort encouragement. Seek Christ. And that's why we should meet with Christ as well. So here's the question for you. Would you climb a mountain to meet with Jesus Christ? Would you? If you knew Christ was there today, would you climb a mountain? Uh, I would. Uh, Here's the good news, though. You don't have to, all right? You don't have to climb a mountain this morning to meet with him. Uh, You can meet with him first uh, in private. That's what I want to talk about. You can meet with him personally, one-on-one. You can meet with Jesus Christ, and you can do that every single day of your life. Now, just let that sink in for a moment. You can talk to God, your creator. You can meet with him. And you don't have to make an appointment to do it. And you don't have to wait till he has time to meet with you. He's waiting. He's ready to meet with you. And you can meet with him every single day. Now here's the ways you can meet with him. First, you can meet with him in prayer. Prayer is talking to God. That's what prayer is. Uh, talking to Him. You We worship Him in prayer. We praise Him in prayer. We take our concerns to Him in prayer. First Peter 5, 8 says, Cast all your cares upon Him. We cast our cares upon Him. Uh, according to Hebrews 4, verse 12, it's because of Jesus Christ. We can go to God. He's our intercessor. And we can go to God the Father in prayer. We can boldly go, is what the Bible tells us there. So, in prayer, you can meet with Christ. You know, you can pray anywhere at any time. That's what I want to encourage you to do. Develop a prayer life where you can pray and, and you do talk to God. Uh, you know, in First Thessalonians, it talks about pray. It says pray without ceasing. And I remember when I heard that, you know, I grew up in church. I thank the Lord for that. Uh, and I remember hearing that once. I thought, that's impossible. Nobody can live a life like that. What else are you going to do? You know, being a young kid, I, thought, I had to think that through. And then when I got older, I realized, hey, wait, that's not the meaning there. The meaning is a heart of prayer, an attitude of prayer, a life of prayer. No different than maybe a relationship you have with a spouse or a parent where you are comfortable talking with them night or day, anytime. You know someone will talk with you. You can have that conversation with them. You just talk with them. That's the relationship that we need to develop with God through Christ is a a life of prayer, talking with Him. So this morning, I want to encourage each of you just to maybe think about your prayer life. Challenge you to develop a stronger prayer life. Now, prayer is one of those areas for me, I always feel I can pray more. I always feel like I can pray more talk to God more. So I encourage you to consider your prayer life this morning. Another one is Bible reading. Studying the Bible. Reading. Let God talk to you. This is God's revealed will for us today. Right here. The Word of God. We have it. This is how God can talk to you. You can read the Word and you can grow in God's Word. You know, as far as God talking to you through His Word, the truths are there. And God can take those truths, the Holy Spirit in your heart can take those truths and apply them to your heart, make them real and guide you and direct you. You I don't know how many times I've read a passage and and it just seems like that was what I needed for the day. God just gave me right there. Uh, I wasn't even looking for it, but there it was. And that's what the Holy Spirit can do. Uh, And God can take his word, whether it's here or in preaching he's taking his word and helping us to get the Holy Spirit take it and put it in our heart, so we can understand it and so that's why the word of God is powerful and I encourage you to, to study it read it and learn from God in your private life how about public meetings I'm a pastor so I can talk about church for a little bit right public meetings you know church is important church is important and that's where God meets with Christians corporately publicly he meets with us he's meeting with us here this morning he is the Lord's meeting with us Holy Spirit is going to work in our hearts that's what we pray for that he'll work he'll provide the teaching we have that he wants for us uh, as a pastor you know the most humbling thing as a pastor is I've prepared messages and I've had points and thoughts and I've had a purpose behind a message led by the spirit prayed it over and brought the message and then sitting at the back door someone comes up and says pastor I am so grateful for the message this is what I got out of it and uh, I honestly say, you know, I didn't mean for you to get that, but I'm glad you got it. You see, that's how God works. He can take his word, and he can work in your heart here this morning. And he can do it through a church service, through preaching. Now, sometimes it's something directly. Sometimes it's indirectly. But the Holy Spirit is amazing how he works in all of our hearts. And that's what God does. So it's important to be in church and to get involved. According to Hebrews 10, verses 14 through 15, uh, you know we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So some have said, well, when should I go to church? Go whenever the doors are open. As that's the thought there. Go and don't miss a service We do have an example of someone who missed a meeting. Thomas missed a meeting, right? Thomas missed a meeting with Christ. I tell you what, he missed a big meeting is what he missed. And if you'll notice, I won't turn there. It's in the book of John. But he struggled afterwards. He struggled with faith. He struggled with other things. So when we when we miss meetings, that's what happens. Uh, I want to encourage you to meet with Christ as much as possible in the private life and in public with the church. So this morning, let me show you a few things before we move on here. Go to Hebrews chapter 8. I'm going to wrap up this point, but let me show you just something here that I hope will encourage your heart uh, concerning our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 8. And I'm going to read a verse there and then I'm going to skip on over to verse 12 to read a verse as well. But let me just point out where Christ is today. That's what I want to point out. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 5. It says here now, or verse 1, excuse me. Now the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched and not man. Notice the word there. What's it say? He's set. He's seated. He's there. Now let's go over to Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, uh, or verse 2, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the same The shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, today Christ is seated in heaven. He's set down. But here's the thought I want to give to you. He's waiting to teach you this morning. He's waiting to teach you. Just like he was waiting on that day to teach those that climbed the mountain, this morning he's waiting to teach you and he's willing to teach you. He's willing to teach you. So we must just go to him and learn of him through prayer, through studying the Bible, and just through seeking him out. So a Christian should be a disciple of the Lord and a disciple will meet with Christ. Here's my last one, uh, Matthew chapter 5, and that's a message. We find a message. Now this will unfold for us anyway over the next several weeks as we look at the the message, uh, verse by verse. But let me point out a few things to you. The people were not disappointed when they met with Christ. Have you ever been disappointed with a meeting? Hopefully not with my preaching. I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm sure. I've, I know I've had some messages that uh, obviously didn't go the way I hoped, but... Uh, Uh, If you ever get disappointed with something, you, you go to something, you expect something, and it's not there, and you leave with disappointment, that didn't happen when they went to Christ. That's what I want to point out. They received a message. They received a great message. They received divine truths for today that they could apply, and obviously the Holy Spirit recorded them so we could have them today, but this message was powerful. You see, Christ does not let us down. Christ will work in our hearts So they didn't receive just good teachings. They received divine teachings, truth from Jesus Christ. Uh, You know, this morning, I think uh, how we look upon the Bible and God's word is important. And I think that some have a a wrong view, I I guess you say, of Christ in the Bible. Uh, What I mean by that is they look upon Christ as being good and his teachings as being good. Now, I do think they're good, but let me develop this. They look upon as being good ideas, good thoughts, good principles, good examples. You know, the list goes on and on. But there's so much more than just good ideas and good thoughts. You know, we can get good ideas and thoughts from people, you know, in this world. Someone who's an expert at something. Someone who's experienced at something may give you good ideas and good thoughts on some things that they have discovered or or experience that they have gained. The teachings of Christ go further, folks than good thoughts or good ideas. They're divine. They're from God. Their truth is what they are. They're divine truth. They, they never change. They're, they're perfect. You know, we change. God never changes. And the teachings of Christ are true because he's the son of God. Now you think about that for a moment. Everything he spoke was perfect. Everything he said, he didn't have to take back. I've had to do that a few times, more than a few times. Say something and say, ah, oh, I shouldn't have said that, or I shouldn't have said it in that way. That never happened with Christ. When he taught something, it was set. It was settled because he's the Son of God. And because he is truth and he shared truth. So here's where that comes today for us. You can trust in this. You can trust in the Bible. You can trust in God's Word because It's truth. These are things that you can count on in a world of change. Uh, This is a world of change, by the way. Everything changes. And we're living in this world of change, but we have something that we can just hold on to because it's truth. It's from God. And you can count on Jesus Christ's teachings this morning and they'll never change because He never changes. That's the key there. He never changes. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now that's important, I think, for his disciples to grasp. Because uh, let me illustrate this for you. Uh, how many of you checked the news this morning? Or how many of you checked the news in the morning? I, I generally will check the news when I get up. I don't read the newspaper anymore. I don't get the newspaper. I have it online. I'll check the news, see what's going on. You know why I check it and I think most people check it? I want to see if the world changed. Uh, what changed while I was sleeping? Uh, what happened? Good or bad? Did this take place? That's why we're checking the news. Maybe you're checking the weather. You want to see if it changed overnight. This is Arkansas, so we can get rain one day and snow the next day and hot weather the next day. And so we're, change, we're looking to see if something changed and, and to find out uh, what's going on. Tomorrow morning when you read the Bible, it hasn't changed. It's still the same. Your salvation is set secure in Christ. It hasn't changed. You don't have to wake up tomorrow morning and wonder, well, do I have to do this to be saved? Do I have to maintain this? No. It, it's set. It's settled. The work is finished. Christ, if you have received Christ, it's done. You can rest assured tomorrow morning and the next morning. You're as saved today as you, or tomorrow as you were the day before, and, and so forth. And that's all because of Jesus Christ. And that's because His teachings are directly from God uh, they're timeless. They're eternal. We can count on them and we can apply them to our life today. You know, a Christian should be a disciple of the Lord and because a disciple seeks truth from Jesus Christ or from God. And this morning, I want to encourage you to seek truth from God in his word. Now, we're going to develop these over the next several weeks. We're going to look at each one of these teachings he had here. But the Bible's filled with his teachings and encourage you to go to them. So let me wrap it up this morning. Let me wrap this up. What a Christian should be. I believe a Christian, based upon verse 1, should be a disciple of the Lord. Should be a disciple of the Lord. Now a disciple is willing to climb a mountain. A disciple is willing to climb a mountain. In other words, to put out effort. Now we're not talking about salvation. Let me, let me clarify that. Not, not working to be saved. This group of people is already saved. He's talking about them coming to him to learn of him now. So a disciple, someone who's already saved, is willing to climb a mountain, willing to put out some effort, willing to, to, to be determined to learn from Jesus Christ. Secondly, a disciple doesn't want to miss a meeting with Christ. Doesn't want to miss a meeting. You know, uh, you can have a meeting with Christ set tomorrow morning. Think about that. You have a meeting with, with the Son of God tomorrow morning. You can already have that set. So you know, I'm going to meet with Christ tomorrow morning. I'm going to talk with Him. I'm going to seek Him in prayer. I'm going to have fellowship with Him in the morning. Don't miss that meeting. Don't miss that meeting. Don't miss any of the meetings you have set with Christ during, during your week. Set some meetings with Christ. And by the way, you don't have to set them exactly at certain times. You can meet with Him anytime. But meet with Christ as much as possible. Also, a disciple seeks the message that Jesus has for him or her. And not the message they want, but the message Christ has. And that's what a disciple does. So the question is, are you a disciple of the Lord? You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.